0: stuff good stuff i couldn't wait to put that in there i was gonna just
1: wait a while but it was,
0: what was it how did you find that video
1: again it was on reddit like years ago
0: okay yeah because i don't think i've ever seen it until you introduced that to me and i'm like okay well i guess yeah yeah i guess you're right this is going to be your new uh your new little intro thing
1: it's a solid video pretty funny it is good
0: because uh i don't know like. Do you ever feel like you get kicked in the face with the soccer ball time and time again, even though, like, you just want no part in it? Even though you want no part in facing, like, your fears because you know the inevitables, inevitable is going to happen to you. And everyone's like, no, no, no. Sit here in this chair. You'll be fine. You won't get kicked in the face.
1: Do you ever feel that yeah, way it's sometimes? A, it's a good metaphor for life in general, I think. They did a good job capturing real life in a five-minute clip of of the soccer
0: ball in the ice Uh I don't have any transition from that into the rest of what we're going to talk about, which we do have. You know the four things that we want to talk about with Iowa and Northwestern. We don't have any interviews like we did with the fir- last couple of interviews. If you haven't listened to them, go check them out. Talk to Alan Blondin for our, uh, uh, the Coastal Carolina preview because they're taking on Buffalo. And I talked to, you we know, both both of us talked to Mike Wilson, Cardiac Hill, Panther blogger, because they're taking on Western. We're focusing on more non-conference games this June. Like I said, we're focusing on Iowa today because they play Kent State. We're focusing on Northwestern a little bit because they're going to play Ohio. Both really, really exciting matchups, even here in the summer. Can't wait to watch them in September, too. The way we're going to do it with them, we're just going to focus on four things on each of these teams to get to know them more before uh, we really get into knowing, like, okay, who's actually going to win those games, right? But before all that, we have huge news that came through to shock the college football world, something that, maybe I'm speaking on just my behalf here, but you might agree with me too, that we didn't see coming in this as near of a future as we did see it that college football is going to it's in the process of all these things we have to get like a bunch of officials yes this will happen yes this will happen yes 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 this will happen but a 12 team playoff seems like it's it's about to happen it's not going to happen in 2021 doubt it'll happen in 22 been listening around and reading around and I'm kind of picking up that it'll probably start in a couple of years, in 23 at the soonest, just the way college football stars align with bowl rotations and such. But it's finally happening, the 12-team playoff.
1: Uh, Scott, you like it. Yeah, I I do like it. I think for a long time I was on the – it has to be at least 16 teams. They have to invite the conference champ of every conference, not just the Power Five. And I was like, anything less than that is terrible. And then they came out with this one, and it was the format was the top six ranked conference champions. And the way it's phrased pretty much means if, like, there's two, I guess, G5 teams that are ranked in the top six, and uh, champions that are ranked in the top whatever, mm-hmm. then that means they get to go. So I think I like how that's worded. So that way, if the Pac 12 has a shitty year, they don't automatically get to go all of a sudden maybe a Mountain West team and uh American Athletic team also get to go. So very big fan of this new format they have, something I didn't think of before. I haven't really seen anybody suggest it either. So thank yeah. you. Yeah,
0: like at the end of the day, you still have to be of the top 9% of college football to really make it in with the way like everything's phrased. That's kind of like right. the way I'm reading it too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, like you could be – the conference champ of the Pac-12. You could be the conference champ of the MAC, but if you're not in like that top tier of of talent right. that everyone's watching, like we're we're not waiting on. Like I don't think there's the excuse of, uh, I don't think it's as strong of an excuse as it used to be. Where like, oh, the people on the East Coast that vote for these sorts of things, you know, they're not going to stay up late for the West Coast games because the West Coast has to give us something to look forward to, right? And right. vice versa, right? right? Um. It does erase, like... I don't know. I think one thing that a lot of people wanted was, like, the automatic bids for all the conferences because, like, just to make it feel like it's all fair and stuff. With a field of 16, I feel like you would have had to have done that. With a field of 12, obviously they're getting away with with not doing that. But that opportunity is there. You just have to give enough of a shit to do. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. The athletic did a did a post of like I mean they've done a lot of posting because they're the ones that picked up the scoop they're the ones that got the sources of the the working group from the playoff to talk to them and kind of describe the way things are going to be laid out and obviously it was a very detailed conversation between them and their private sources of how things are going to land out and there's not like a guessing game of you know what we all think it's going to be like we're not playing that game we know exactly what that model looks like based on that reporting and there's like no one's like there's no one's second guessing of like what the wording of uh, how people get in and everything right now. The right. Athletic did a post of looking at the past decades, best decade worth of rankings to see, you know, what a 12 team playoff for each season over the last 10 years basically, what that would have looked like I see here in 2016, they would have projected Western Michigan to enter the tournament as the number 12 seed to take on number five Ohio State with the winner to play against Penn State number four. That would have been exciting as hell. Uh, another Mac matchup that he had in here. You got to go way over to 2012, yep, 2012, when NIU would have been college football's 11 seed taking on number six, Florida, as an at-large. And the winner of that game, if I'm reading this right, would have had to take on
1: number two seed, Kansas State. But yeah, man, like, that's just such a good feeling. Like, you know what? If, like, you run the table and you just put together things right, you actually have a chance to, like, be in it for once. Like, before that just wasn't possible.
0: Yeah, and, like, if you're – if you're an Akron, right, if you're an Akron and you're going through a coaching search and you end up, let's just say Tom Arth or whatever, because you know Tom Arth is going to get you to reach your potential as a team, because, like, your success as Akron, if you go, like, 24-0, and 0, like, in your best years, right, over the course yeah. of two seasons or something like that, your ceiling is still only so high. It's not going to get to the playoff, even if you have Tom Arth for, like, six years and you keep going that route, like... You're not going to make it into a 14 playoff. But if you have just like, you do have to have like an established base. You can't go from like 0 and 22 or 0 and 24 to 12 and 0 and then expect to make the playoff. That's not going to happen here. I just do not see that being a realistic future. But if you do take a coach who does like really move you up the needle, like move the needle up like three, four years down the line. Like a playoff chance is very realistic. And that's something that I think is a positive read from the Mac fans perspective is that a playoff opportunity is very much like something that could happen within your lifetime. And I say that like, it might be very improbable depending on like what schools we're talking about. Obviously, you know, Western might make it in more, Toledo might make it in more. Even Central, I feel like, could make it in more than, like, the field. But still, like, the opportunity for your school, if they want to put in the work to be a playoff-caliber team, it's not as hard to do. You might still get your ass waxed by a Florida, by an Ohio State, by Bama if they end up being a five seed. You could still make it in. You can still make it in and that's going to raise a lot of the floor in college football too
1: i think so too and like like you were saying though like you kind of like need to build yourself up a little bit but it's not like how for the 14 playoffs like central florida and cincinnati they were almost saying like you probably need to go undefeated like two years in a row to like have a chance and now it's like well you know what like toledo they could have like like an eight-win season and then jump up to 10 and then go undefeated, and that's enough. It's not like you have to, like, consistently, like, beat everybody for two years straight, but you can falter a little bit, build it up over the course of a couple years, which still kind of sucks that you can't just have one good year and get in, but still it's a lot better than used to be.
0: Yeah, and, like, like those schools, though, like, you just expect it because they are already at, like, a better base to begin with like right now as we speak like Western has seen a lot of success that's why if they just like went off and had like a 12 and 0 season you know they should be ranked you know they should be I don't know if they should be in top 12 if like they win you know every game this year but they should be ranked uh, that's but like ball state you know a team like that it would have taken them longer in a normal year to like find themselves mm-hmm. in a ranked position yeah. and then even so much longer to find themselves in a top 12 category but they did have that long build up so i wonder what you know if they if mike news sticks around for a noticeable period of like the the 12 team playoff era you know ball state's a player that like i think i would like definitely look out for because they didn't have a lot of a good base when he got hired in or when Pete Lembo got fired uh, even like right before Pete Lembo when things were still kind of good they were still not great ball states in that in that realm of max schools where i could see like they could make it into that field of 12 quicker than others if they have more sustained success i don't know how much it cheapens i don't i don't think it really i don't know maybe i don't know i don't want to say it cheapens it i guess i'm not rooting for that be a real thing i say right like i get that there were arguments that people just felt like four was good and that it just felt like they got the right four every year and that arguing you know for like the five or the sixth seed or whatever you know those are the guys that should have been in blah 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 like it's a fun pageantry of the sport i can understand that perspective but 12 is just like more fun for everybody. And that's kind of the, oh, yeah. the point of college football is that like we're all fighting for something. If we're at this FBS level, like let's make the FBS matter, you know?
1: Right. That was what was missing for a long time. You have 130 ish teams, and automatically half of them don't have a chance. So it's, it was always crazy to me that teams are in the exact same division. Yeah half of them don't have a chance to be the championship of that division that they're in. Pretty
0: mm-hmm. crazy. That said, uh, all that said, I'm glad that there's not like an automatic like way for a Mac team to get in. Like, it, would it be cool to say a Mac team made the playoff every year? Yeah, it'd be nice for me to say because I make a little bit of content here and there and that's some nice SEO for me. But at the end of the day, that's not gonna make me enjoy football more like if that 2017 Akron team which had no like no place in the Mac championship to begin with other than the fact that they played an Ohio team that couldn't tie its shoes that night and somehow won the East with like a seven and five overall record and if they would have beaten if they would have come across like a more fluky Mac West champ like uh 2019 Central, say, than that Toledo team, which just, like, beat the brakes off them. If a shitty-ass, like, 8-5 and Akron team would have made the playoff, I'd be crying foul, too. Like, so I'm glad there is, like, a lot of, like, you really do have to prove it here sort of deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like the... I think it's only, like, the opening round games only get the home field you know the home field games but like if you make it to the quarterfinals, if you're the number one like and Andy Staples is the one that pointed out in the athletic that's the only reason I know it oh yeah yeah if you're like the best team in the country you'll never play a playoff game in front of your your home fans and that that sucks. sucks that really does suck I really feel like the Bulls should get the fuck out of there you know It should only be for the semis and the championship game, you should definitely rotate with like I could I'd be okay with that being like a a thing Mm -hmm. you rotate with like the Fiesta Bowl, the Rose Bowl and the Orange Bowl and I don't know, Mm -hmm. add one more to
1: that. I think that was a that was a thing I saw other people complaining about as well as like if you're like the number one seed or whatever, like you're gonna have to travel like many times to Places that are not your home stadium, and have to spend an exuberant amount of money, and that's only allowing like the super rich boosters and all those type of fans to keep going to these games where if it was at home and everybody gets to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great time, man. Like that's what you'd rather have. You don't want to have people spending a ton of money. You want the average person to be able to go and like have it not be a big deal. You know? Yeah, because.
0: As a college football fan, like, the neutral site games aren't college football to me. Like, that's not the fun part of it. Like, every once in a while, maybe. Like, if – what was – a game that was going to happen in 2020 but ended up not happening was the Central-Western game was supposed to be played at Ford Field. And because of, the COVID and all that shit, that game got axed. Uh, And I think it was – it would have been at – Central had the home game this past year. So it would have taken up a home spot for them, but that's like a kind of neutral site game that I think, like college football, could be about every once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: but that's just, that's way different because it, it's at least admission Michigan again Still, man, you
0: know exactly because the the community matters. That's what matters yeah. is the community, like those alumni bases, right. those fan bases, you know, those students, friends of students, like they're all there, and like right. that makes the state matter more. But having, what? Where was the Michigan and Alabama game played at a few years ago? Wasn't that played Texas. like in Florida? That was in Texas. Yeah, because that yeah. was. That's right. It was in <laughs> Dallas.
1: What the fuck does Dallas have to do with any of those schools? Yeah. It's just another big like money grab kind of thing, and it sucks for people that, like, our average Alabama or Michigan fans because now they have to go all the way to Texas to watch a game. Mm-hmm. It'd be it would have been way cooler, like even like being a Michigan fan, like going to Alabama and seeing this game. That, yeah, that'd be wow, cool. You can see this cool, you can see this cool college environment you probably never get to see. Like instead going to NFL stadium, it's like okay, this feels like so corporate and not like that amateur college football field that people really, really love. You know?
0: Yeah, but 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 if it were like UTEP North, like UTEP North Texas playing at Dallas. Oh yeah, that'd be. That's way better. Yeah, it would make more sense. Like, and I say that as a dumb Yankee.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Who doesn't know a shit about that state?
1: I think you chose like the two furthest away from each other, and then put them but it's, in uh, another place that was far away. But
0: thematically, it works. That's what, yeah, I, uh, I, get what I was kind said. of shooting for. <laughs> what? All right. Okay. Hold on. All right. SMU because that's in the area. We'll just and do Rice, Baylor. Houston, SMU, Baylor,
1: SMU, Baylor. I guess that's better. I think Waco is still pretty far from like everything else. I th- I think like Rice, Houston, like they're both
0: okay. In yeah, Houston, and they're G fives, so.
1: so it works. Yeah, and then you could they could just play at like the Texan stadium.
0: And chances are, if you're at Rice, you're going to go professional and other things outside of sports. That's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Sam <laughs> McGuffey, you know. Oh my God, he disappointed because he never jumped over anybody. True. That was but now the, he's. Uh, that was the only. Do you thing know he went into? Him for. What's that?
1: That was the only thing that like people wanted him for. Oh, true. But now he's like an Olympic bobsledder. Bobsledder, not blob. Bobsledder. <laughs> Is he
0: really? That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: I did not. I actually. I don't know, know, know if that. he's
1: still doing it, but he. He was on the team for a while.
0: Uh, last thing I want to say about the playoff really quickly, though. It does suck that, like, and, and you did hit on it in the last note that you said about, uh, like, the money being top-heavy. Let's say that. Because, like, the expensive and rich boosters at Alabama, Clemson, who are in Ohio State even, Oklahoma. All of those blue bloods that are super fucking rich and will probably eat up the top four seeds for the next foreseeable future because duh it does suck that like it's a very smart cash grab at that while letting the back door open for the G5s of the world to hopefully if you've invested enough then you can make it into the playoff not just once but twice sometime in your lifetime it sucks that it does like end up being like a really expensive way to enjoy college football all around glad that it's you know this is the format that we're gonna have and this is probably the format that we're gonna have in like ncaa 23 when that comes out
1: <laughs> you forgot that was gonna be part of yes, it right? I did think about that oh my god yes that's, dude, so that's gonna be
0: in the video game like we're not <laughs> and like no one's telling me that i haven't read anything to confirm that but that's
1: going to be part of it that's great. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. That's so good. Wow. So, yeah.
0: And now you have to buy a PS5. There you go. You got to buy a PS5. Right, you got to buy know. that. You got to buy another controller. That's like 650 bucks, especially if you have to get like the, the yearly Game Pass or whatever. So, that's that's another expensive way to enjoy football, everybody. Don't forget that it still costs a shit ton of money to love it. Which we do. Which we do. All right, Scott, let's move on to the next topic that we have here. Uh, we've got four things on Iowa. We've got four things on Northwestern. Which team do you want to focus on first, the team that's going to see Kent State or the team that's going to see Ohio?
1: Um, you put me in a tough spot here. Let's do the team that's going to play Kent State. All right, we got four things on Iowa. Scott, what's uh what's your first thing? So my first thing is uh there what a lot of people are agreeing is Iowa's best offensive player is gonna be Tyler Goodson this upcoming season. He's I don't know, just whenever you think of an Iowa running back, like this is kinda of the same style of play, mm-hmm. same kind of guy. Um he really came on I don't know, like just a solid season, I mean similar numbers. 2019, 2020, like a little more than 600 yards and 19, 700 yards and 20. Um, I think the shortened season, just like everyone kind of set people back. But I think he's really going to have a good 21 season. And he's also very good out of the backfield. I think one of the better running backs that can catch the ball that I've seen. So excited to see what he can do for Iowa.
0: Is he going to be one of these running backs that a team drafts in the first three rounds? No, not at all. But oh, okay, <laughs> I, I need to know like what kind of level of running back we're at here. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, like I said, average Iowa running back. Like you forget these people's like their players' names like pretty quickly. But oh yeah, that's pretty solid. He'll get a hundred plus yards, like a couple touchdowns. He'll carry the ball. They've probably have gone away from it. But remember when Iowa used to carry the ball like thirty times for one running back? That just doesn't happen anymore because. Big people realize that it just kills running backs.
0: But. Do you remember uh, freshman year of college when you and I played a lot of NCAA online and Iowa was actually my team that I went with and I would go like, I would go four wide every time and just <laughs> swing it out to the running back? <laughs> I don't know why that was my go-to, but I loved it.
1: I guess it worked. I mean, if you did it so much. No, it didn't. Oh, okay.
0: Move on. Let's move on to the
1: second thing. The second thing, Spencer Petris. I think that's how I say his name correctly. Um, He's going to be their quarterback for this upcoming season. Uh, He was last year as well. 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, five picks. Not anything special, I'd say. He kind of dinks and dunks the ball a lot. Won't really... They haven't really established like a good deep ball game yet, hmm. so and I think that's a problem in the Big Ten in general. If you're not at Ohio State, yeah. So we'll see what Iowa can do. I think he's not the most athletic guy. He's just pretty basic, more of a game manager type of guy. Even though he people say that word.
0: Oh, that means so, he kind of sucks. I'm just kidding.
1: That, yes, that's the quotes. He's he's all right though. I mean, I don't think he kind of sucks, but. He's going to be solid. He's going to be someone that doesn't screw you over, I guess. It's it's so hard to be like, this guy's going to be good, but pretty okay, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I got nothing to say on him, I guess.
1: All right, next thing. Okay. Uh, Next thing, let's talk about Iowa's defensive line. They're losing um, three starters. They're getting back Zach van valkenberg it's quite a wow that's an iowa name. name that's an iowa right van valkenberg just i'm pretty sure that's like straight from germany they settled in the 1880s you know they had a farm and then that family's been there for four generations <laughs> and a guy you know what i'm saying oh yeah so yeah he's coming back for six year. he's got really good size but that's the best they have coming back. He only had three and a half sacks last year. Three of them came against Minnesota, bad Minnesota team. And I think their D-line is going to be very undersized and a big concern for them for the upcoming season. So that's something I think Kent State might be able to take advantage of.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the depth chart uh, in the Athlon magazine, and that guy that you just referenced, their center, uh, he's like one of two – Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong part. Never mind. Uh, but, yeah, even – I mean, bolt in both the trenches. Offensive line, they're not bringing back guys that I was going to say. But oh, yeah. defensive line, yeah. I mean, like you just said, there's not a lot of experience there, too. It looks like they've got a freshman projected as the starting defensive tackle. Uh, and the other two along the defensive line are both juniors, too. But uh, Zach Vak – kick your ass is uh, – yeah, he's like the only starter coming back on this team.
1: Yeah. And he's a six year guy. Yeah. And I think, well, it's only possible because of the weird rule from this past season. Mm-hmm. And or and I don't know, man. It. When you're 27 <laughs> and playing defensive end at Iowa, who knows, or defensive line at Iowa, it'd be a good thing. You could have a great sixth year, you know? But so far, he has not really put it together, but we'll see. Alright, so my last thing is not about football really, but I was selling beer and wine this upcoming season in their stadium. And I was really thrown off by the wine thing. Is it canned wine or <laughs> I didn't see all those details. I guess I can look it up. Oh, I was just my goodness. I, very I... thrown off that they would throw in wine. That's crazy. That that's <laughs>
0: Who needs to tailgate? Just buy a, like, nine ounce of wine at Kinnick Stadium. Get
1: fucked up and wave to the kids across the street. Right? That was was the thing I was thinking, too. It's like you can get plastered and then do the wave. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all!
0: Thinking about you.
1: So, yeah, the wine thing threw me off. Apparently they're not selling anywhere by a student section either. Oh man, yeah, because they can't just yeah, you gotta gotta be yeah. yeah. You can't let those students get have any drinks at all. Oh, where's the wine at? It's on the. It's in the other section. Oh no! (laughs) Thanks. But, yeah, wine. I don't know. It doesn't pair with football at all. In my opinion, I don't know. Maybe there's a bunch of wine drinkers. Have you tried it with football? No, I've never. I don't like wine that much.
0: I I got into wine when I was in Indiana. Uh, I'm not, like, I'm not a wino, but, and I'm not, uh, what's, it, what's it called? What's, ah, oh, shit. I'm not a sommelier either, okay. but, I mean, listen, if you're looking to get the job done for, like, 10 bucks, like, a, a cheap bottle of, like, apothic red was the way to go for me. Sure.
1: I mean, that's what you're into.
0: Um, Iowa's record against the MAC is 24 and 4 all time. Uh, five and 0 against Miami, two and 0 against Kent State, one and 0 against Buffalo, three and 0 against Ball State, one and 0 against NI or uh, against Akron. Uh, I'm sort of giving it away, but who are the four losses to Scott? And I'll say this: it's between three schools.
1: I don't know. Um, Northern Iowa. I know they're on the MAC, but that's the only like that I can remember of Iowa. Um I don't know, you gave me a hint, but then I wasn't paying attention. So yeah, oh, like, okay. just just change the I word, different state. Northern
0: Illinois. Yes, NIU. Uh, All right, nine and one against them. Oh. Yeah, they lost in twenty. 20- yeah, NIU won. In 2013 30 to 27 do you know the other two schools could you guess um is it like recent history or like one team won in 2012 okay 32 to 31 and the other one won in 2007 uh, we did reference both of these schools I should say I referenced both of these schools uh earlier today Okay, uh, I'm gonna guess Western. Western, yep. Uh, Western beat them in 2007, and then Iowa got them back in 2013, kicking their ass 59 to three.
1: One more. Um, I think you already said Toledo. Uh, like they've
0: never. Didn't I say Toledo? No, I didn't read off
1: Toledo. They didn't oh, play okay. Toledo though.
0: That would. Oh, right. So that should be a thing. Toledo needs to play Iowa. That's a, so that, too, that yeah. would be a good like, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that should happen.
1: Okay. Um, I don't know. I can't think of that. Central. They actually have a
0: losing – or, I'm sorry. They lost to Western twice. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold the phone. Okay. So they lost to Western in 2000 and in 2007, and then Iowa finally okay. won in 2013. And then against Central, they're 1-2. and two. Uh, Central won in 2012 by one point under Danny Nose.
1: Okay. seems to be a theme where
0: Iowa loses by one point. (laughs) All right. Uh, Second team that we got to talk about, last team we're going to talk about is Northwestern because they play Ohio in week
1: four. Thank you. So my first thing is Ryan Hlinsky is joining Northwestern via transfer. He was at South Carolina. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he was definitely like I don't know. I feel like everyone in college football kind of knew about him, like partially because of his brother, and partially right. he was like a good recruit. Yeah, he was. So, good. Yeah, he was
0: good on his own terms, and, and you yeah. know, just to give him like the credit he does sure. deserve, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. I wasn't trying to say anything. No, no, no. Right, right, right. There's like a combo of why he was like kind of well known. So he's transferring from South Carolina to Northwestern. Um, I don't know. I think. He looked okay when he was on the field, but he never like seemed like he was going to be that elite guy at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how he's going to turn out. In Northwestern. Northwestern's been known for a long time not to have good quarterbacks that can pass the ball downfield at all. Yeah, they did so, have the Peyton Ramsey kid though, which was like surprising. Yeah, but when they Peyton got Ramsey him. was from Indiana though, and where he did like he was like really good. Yeah, while he played in Indiana, so. I don't know. For some reason, like I don't count transfers coming in, but I think yeah, I don't know if if Northwestern can get a good quarterback like they did with Ramsey. Like they got a good chance to like be in like the Big Ten championship game again. You know? Like that's a kind of team I think they have the potential to beat. Mm-hmm. Next is uh Cam Porter, running back. Uh, he kind of jumped out of the I don't know, scene really late in the season. But he's a guy – he's going to be the starting guy. He's going to be competing with uh, BGSU transfer Andrew Clare as well. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be more of like a change-up pace kind of guy coming in. But Cam Porter is the guy he's – I think him and Holinsky could be a really good team. And I don't know, maybe they could do some good things.
0: Yeah, and Andrew Claire, Andrew Claire's really really good too. Like it's it's sucked, you know, that. He's uh he's a grad transfer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he spent a lot like he spent a long time at Bowling Green, which is crazy, but yeah. What do you
1: uh what do you think is going to happen with Claire? Like, what do you expect from him at Western?
0: I I expect that he'll be used in the passing game. Like I remember when he transferred, I decided to, you know, just look at his highlights again, just kind of refresh myself. Uh, The other thing that I remembered about Claire is that, like, he got hurt too much. There was – I don't remember who it was against, but I remember one game a couple years ago, like, first quarter, first drive. It might have been his first touch of the game, too. He went off for, like, a 70-something-yard touchdown run and then was pulled from the game for an ankle injury. And he's missed time here and there with injuries. But it was just like, dude, man, I just – I remember, like – that game it just sucked because I was so happy for him, and then he was pulled out for for, uh-huh. press for literally 58 minutes of the game. But when I did go back and look at some of his clips, he was also used in the pass game too. He was, you know, taking passes over the middle, smoking out to the left and right. You know, he's pretty good there, so he does add some sort of versatility there. Especially if Falinski does want to like lean on to throw into the running backs. I don't know if right. that's that'll be like expected out of him at Northwestern. Uh, I'm not great at understanding Northwestern's football because, spoiler alert, I don't watch it too much. I did well, watch the one time they lost to Akron, but that's about it.
1: They have like a weird scheme that it's like a lot of like zone like blocking, but it's like I don't know. They, they do a lot like based on how the defense defense is lined up. I know everybody does, but. Bears is more of like a live like we get to the line and then see soon as it's snapped, everyone has like a certain assignment based on where people are lined up. But it's like zone and it's like a run up. I don't know, it's very confusing. Nobody else runs it really except for Eastern actually ran it, so Eastern and Northwestern are like the only teams in college that kinda of ran really this offensive hmm. zone blocking. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, I had to pull up my thing again. <laughs> Defense. We're only returning five starters for Northwestern, and in a season where everyone's allowed to come back, that's pretty, pretty low. I think. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked at everyone's numbers exactly, but that's just not a lot of people coming back. No, you yeah. lost. In a normal Go year, ahead.
0: that that's hard. Like in a yeah, normal year, it's sure. hard. To and get then
1: out. a year where everyone's allowed to come back, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So they lost two guys. To the NFL. Greg Newsome to the Browns, and then Eko Liota to Auburn. Oh, yeah. He transferred to Auburn. So they got five guys coming back. Um, One of them is uh, Brandon Joseph. He's supposed to be possibly all Big Ten safety. Um, A.J. Hampton is another defensive back. He's coming back. So they're expecting, like, a lot of other guys that have been there for a long time, more, like, super senior type guys to step in. But I think there's a lot of experience lacking. Yeah, There's a lot of yeah, they definitely time to put in, fifth year, but yeah. they just don't have a lot of playing experience.
0: Yeah, and if, I mean, that's really good news if you're an Ohio fan, though. Like, Ohio's offense, you know, is good, has weapons, hasn't really proven itself, right? Right. Um, especially because last year didn't give them opportunity to prove themselves much at all. Uh, but the fact that they're going to be meeting up in week four of this thing, if Ohio's offense— you know is rolling if they beat Syracuse to start the year and they can get some confidence that way early on uh it'll create some it'll create a lot of excitement for Ohio especially against that defense if it like plays down I don't I'm saying it plays down to Ohio's level
1: uh-huh.
0: and I and I say it plays down because they have been to the Big 10 championship twice over the last 5 years yeah Like, I I keep forgetting like
1: in the last three years. Yeah,
0: like this past year, and then the year they lost to Akron. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they know they don't have to beat their MAC opponents to still make it to Indianapolis. Is it they play there? The Big Ten Championship. Yeah, I think it's there. Yeah.
1: All right, last thing we have, um, Pat Fitzgerald signed a 10-year deal with the program in January, and I think that's interesting. <laughs> You've seen other, I think, big coaches do that. Jimbo Fisher uh, did that with not Florida State, Texas A&M, and then Cook Frentz did that, like, years ago at Iowa. Yeah. And I think Frentz just, like, I don't know, bumps Iowa up, obviously, but they tend to be very average when it mm-hmm. comes to everything they do. So, I think Pat Fitzgerald has definitely elevated Northwestern, but it's definitely a little scary when you sign a guy to a 10-year deal because you could just say, oh, I've already been here 15 years now. I have another 10 years. I can kind of coast and just get away with it. But, I don't know, Pat Fitzgerald's a very intense coach, so who knows? It could be a big thing for him, and he likes it. It's a big motivator. But I think it's interesting to keep an eye on, like, to see. I think sometimes you'll see coaches' demeanors change when they sign Mega
0: you also have a note in your four things about uh about rpos uh do you want to explain that
1: yeah don't you remember that when he he went on this rant about rpos and how much he hated them and how he equated them to being communism what? i don't remember this i mean that it was so funny man. hold on just type in Path Fitzgerald communism First result. his main complaint which is the same as yours is about offensive linemen running downfield. it is cheating and get it away with it. <laughs> ...about his reaction as a former defensive player to the surge right. in run-pass option plays, the RPO in college football. His answer has drawn some headlines. It's communism. I mean, I mean, it's a pure RPO is the purest form of communism. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't understand how offensive linemen can be downfield. I know. Oh, I know. Well, it,
0: Okay, yeah. So, as someone who leads... Uh, a, like a team that's worth millions of dollars, let's say, uh, at a smart school to say something stupid like that is <laughs> embarrassing. And I'm pretty sure I tweeted that out if I did at all uh, at the time of this and chose to forget about this because it's so stupid. But now that I watch it again, I do remember that comment. And oh, yeah. Pat Fitzgerald's an idiot, but he's also rich and has... A lot of job security for a job that I I could have had.
1: I mean, if it would have made sense, it would have not been any better, but it at least would have made sense. Just the fact that it just doesn't – I don't understand what he's trying to say at all. It just doesn't go together, what he said. Do
0: you know what – I think I know what his game plan was. What was it? he, he, uh, He thought himself as something else other than a coach or even something else other than a leader of men. Do you know what he thought he was that day?
1: What do you think he was?
0: Wildcard,
1: bitches! Yeah! I don't think that worked. Yeah, think but it, it, worked. it worked. It worked. It worked pretty well. I think he, he was just upset with the world that day, and he's taking out on communism and RPOs.
0: Yeah. If, yeah. There's uh, <clears throat> there's other ways to get upset about communism in the year 2018. Uh, you think?
1: Do you think that's gonna be a, a home field shirt? No, I, so. RPOs. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> it would have uh, came out with it a while ago, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh but I do hate RPOs. I think they're terrible. Yeah. Specifically the part where they just the and run four yards downfield. Yes. Just get rid of that part. And RPO as a uh as a philosophy of should I do this or should I do that? Uh that can be changed with you know that can be enjoyed with different blocking rules. And just let football play out, play itself out the way it should.
1: That's fair.
0: Scott, is there anything else that, that we're missing out on today? I mean, we have recorded way too fucking long. Uh, but it was a lot of fun because we got to talk about a cool playoff format. Uh, speaking of format, we got, you know, things. Oh, uh, yep. Got that thing going, which is pretty cool. But is there anything else that any one thing else that we might have left off from today
1: I feel like you're hinting something I'm not, towards me I'm not. I'm, I'm I don't know what it is genuinely I feel like I should know
0: here we go here we go okay last thing last thing and I can understand if people stop listening do you want to know what northwestern's uh, record against Mac schools is I'm not oh, gonna, that's what it is. yeah I'm, um, not, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna make you guess all the schools that they lost to oh
1: um I'm gonna say six losses. They're nineteen and twelve. Oh my god, that's like way worse than I ever thought. There are <laughs> three teams
0: that they have perfect records against. Can you guess those three?
1: Three teams that Northwestern is perfect against. Yes. Um, have they ever played Eastern? Because that's for sure. Three and zero. Yeah, that was definitely. <laughs> um, let's see another one. Maybe Buffalo. I don't think they've ever played. But. Uh, Buffalo they've never played okay um uh, I'm just racking off all the bad teams <laughs> the you, you get one more wrong answer and then and then we're done okay. Kent
0: State uh Kent State never played uh the other right. two that they're perfect against uh one and0 against Central one0 against Ball State uh, lost okay. to NIU lost to Ohio lost to Western lost to Miami oh my God they're three and six against Miami Jesus Christ. And lost to Bowling Green, they're one and two, and of course, zero and one against Akron. Of course. Thank you all for listening today. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you buy your podcasts. Uh, I mean, you you know how podcasts work. Just go to the podcast store and just buy a podcast there. Buy this one specifically. Go on Patreon.com forward slash Elvarado on Maction Throw us three bucks a month to help this work moving forward and we're going to have some more interviews to help preview the non-conference slate moving forward i'm alex alvarado that's scott
1: let's see who they go to replace scott scott, scott Darlene Darlene. is back he's still in the game oh my and thank you again for listening